And welcome, Henshin, back to the deadly podcast of Kung Fu, brought to you by the Villains Man with myself, JVD, as I try to traverse the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artist in Shang-Chi and Iron Fist. If you want to keep up with podcasts, you can do so over on Twitter at Deadly Kung Fu Pod. Now, today, we're uh, taking a little break from Iron Fist and we're diving into some Shang-Chi action with Master of Kung Fu issues 38 and 39. But before I can continue, got a guest for today's show returning back from the last time we covered Shang-Chi on the pod. We get dub champion Mac East. Hey, yo, it's me, Mac East. As JVD said, the we get dubbed heavyweight champion. We're only heavyweights on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, what's up, man? Glad to be back. I'm glad to have you back. Uh, I just want to say that, um, and we've kind of talked about this online. Your anime theme song tournament is oh. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, we, I, I guess I'll, I'll uh, just you know, yeah, do your thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what me and Jay are doing over at the We Get Dub podcast, um, you can find it there. But there, it also has its own feed with all the qualifiers. Um, you can find that by just typing in WGD. It should come up. It's like Anime Theme Song Tournament is the name of the feed. But yeah, so we're just uh, we have sixty four anime theme songs. They're uh, me and Jay, we play them, we listen to them, and then we decide which ones move on to the next round. And uh, chaos ensues a lot of the time. It's just, it's it's us at our best, I would say. Um, so definitely check that out. Oh, definitely at your best. I love it. Um, <laughs> you guys had reposted on your piece by piece feed this week. Yeah. The uh, Eliminator for uh, One Piece with uh, Sweet D. I'm going yeah. to say that is your best episode. I honestly think so too. Somehow it came in at an hour, under an hour. It's a um, fucking chaos from the start, and it's, it's just it's it very is, funny. It is highly entertaining because, like, you you you've got. I'm just going on a tangent. You've got obviously there's the love hate relationship between your misses, Sweet D and Jay, and it's great, and they hype each other up, and then you're just like. You're 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 drunk and you're just trying to keep oh, pushing yeah. the issue. <laughs> they just keep getting hopped up, man. I love it. I laughed so hard because when it started, I'm like, I've heard this episode before, and then I thought, oh, he's re-upped it because of the tournament. This is great, and I just went ahead and listened to the the thing over again. It is your best episode, and I absolutely love it. Thank you. I actually think so too. Yeah, over on piece by piece, we're kind of in our filler arc because we're in between sort of the first half of One Piece and the second half. And while we're doing the tournament, I figured I would just throw some throw stuff like that in there while uh, we focus on the tournament. Hey, it's a good place to put it. Now, um, unintentionally today, I wore your uh, Jolly Roger on my chest today at work and um, had two people ask me what it was. So hopefully I just gained you guys (laughs) some uh, new listeners. Nice, thank you. So uh, hopefully that works out for you. But without further ado, without further delay, let's go ahead and dive into these stories. Uh, both these books have the creative team of Doug Monick and Paul Glacey as a writer. Paul also took duties on pencils. That's your, basically your tag team for Master of Kung Fu here. With inks, you've got Dan Atkins and Jim Steranko. Colors, you've got Peta Goldberg and George Russus. And letters with Annette. Kowicki. So first we're going to dive into issue number 38 titled Cat or known as Claws of the Cat, which I will be using as a title for this episode because cat just kind of sounds terrible. And there's too many cats <laughs> in Marvel. Am I, am I right? I mean, you got Black Cat, you got Hell Cat, you've got this character, Cat. There's a lot of cats in Marvel. And the cat thing doesn't really... It, it doesn't really land well with this guy. I don't know. It just, it didn't really, he doesn't really play to the gimmick very well. Uh, That's very true. And we're, we're going to get into that. So the book opens up and we see Shang-Chi traveling the streets of Hong Kong. And um, because you're talking about playing up the cat thing, he actually interrupts a like gang of feral cats <laughs> yeah. about to jump this Siamese cat, which tells you the title of the story cat. 
And uh, obviously this cat takes a liking to Shang-Chi and decides to follow him. And as the cat's following him, we kind of get some flashback that goes back and forth between the present and the now to tell you what's going on in the story where basically Sir Dennis Nayland Smith has asked Shang-Chi to go to Hong Kong and basically, for one, uh, rescue their counter agent from Shin Kauai and retrieve some documents. And this is where you really start to see the rift form between Shang-Chi and Dennis Nayland Smith. Now, um, last yeah, time you I, were on, go ahead. I just wanted to add something about this intro. So it'll come up later. It it has this kind of bookend for this particular book. Uh, what is it, 38? Yes. But they use the same. So the cat about to get jumped, and then they have the line, uh, and where the spirit of many is voiced by the leader in violence, they will attack the one. It foreshadows really well. Yeah, it comes up later, and it's really cool the way that it plays out. I was going to get to that, but you jumped again. That'll work. All right. Well, (laughs) now I wanted to to plant the seed for when it happens later. Hey, I got this. This is my show, man. Come on now. (laughs) Um, But the last time you were on, we the story started out very similar. You've got two pages of whatever's going on, and then you get a flashback to why Shang Chi's in the position that he has. You think this? This is served better here than it was the last time. Yeah, last time was kind of a mess. Uh, like this dude, last time this dude just drops dead, and then Chang Chi's like, Oh, how did I get it? And he has like this weird flashback. This one is kind of much more seamless. Like, you kind of, I, I look, I don't understand what the fuck these papers are. Excuse my language, but I just, I'm, it's like, so it's not really setting up the story well, but you're right. It is create like, you do sort of see this rift between these two, but the like, I don't know, the MacGuffin of the whole story is kind of bad um, <laughs> because it's just like these papers, unless that's set up somewhere else that I missed. In the, it is. You know. It's set up okay. in the next story. OK, well, yes. OK, yeah, because I was like, the all right, <laughs> I just didn't so, care about these papers, but whatever. Uh, yeah. And that is the thing that you don't. It sets up in the next story to continue this because right now we're we're at a block where like all these Shang Chi stories are like three parts, then they jump into two parts, and then there's this epic like seven part story that wraps a lot of this up. So, but um, basically it takes um his lover uh to basically talk him into going, and then next we see Shang Chi arrive at the. What is it? The Peacock of Jade or the Jade Peacock. They go back and forth between both of them. Where we see a beautiful American blonde woman. Looks very much like Marilyn Monroe. uh, Basically at a Chinese dive bar singing her heart out. Um, I really like the way this scene is set up. Uh, It gives you you a lot of that um, old school, like James Bond feel, where you walk in and there's a beautiful woman singing and whatnot, which that's what a lot of these books are. But the thing is, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I mean, compared to everybody, everybody's dressed, you know, much like, you know, you would back in Chinese culture and something like this. But he literally looks like he is there for a Mortal Kombat tournament. I mean, to be fair, he sticks out wherever he <laughs> yeah, is. He um, he does, yeah. And but, then, um, go ahead. Yeah, this, this scene is pretty cool. I I um, I want to. I'll, I'll wait till the next because the next part is actually what I wanted to get. We'll to. go right ahead. No, I just I really like the art in this part. Um, I'm not saying it's like the greatest art ever, but I think they do some really cool things with like angles and things like that. Um, there's a point where he starts talking to the to what's her name, Juliet. Mm-hmm really on the nose for this story by the way yes uh, <laughs> and there's like these um it's almost like these mirrors that are like hanging from the ceiling or something and yeah like, they're their conversation yeah their dialogue is like you see their heads in like these different like turning like the uh, almost like a mobile kind of thing or something i don't know but it looks really cool the way it like plays out. i like the art in this book yeah it almost like they're like they're spinning and they're and you're catching the reflection yeah, but they ruin it with that arrow to make you follow the side part <laughs> yeah. before you go back to it. I, I hate that. Uh, yeah. But but we're on here. The, I think the story she tells them uh, because you know he's ta- they, she finds out. Oh well, you're here to rescue me, and 
We know that she doesn't want to be rescued, and she tells him the story about the bewitchers of the night. I yes. really like this story, but it doesn't lead anywhere. That's yeah, the that was my yeah. So what's so and we'll I guess we'll get to it at the end. But there's like the thing about these books from what I've been reading, like the few that I've read, is it seems like they set up this really cool like uh, premise, not premise, but like lesson kind of thing. And then at the end, they're like, "This is the lesson he learned," but in nowhere in the story do you get the sense that he learned anything um but yeah we'll get to that but i i really like this story she tells too about like how there used to be these like witches and they would like kind of attack all of your senses and then i'm gonna go ahead know. and read what she says because yeah, i really yeah. like how she she lays it out she says uh they were well i'm gonna go back for their conversation and back up uh basically he says he's i've come to find a cat i see you know where I can find this cat? They're talking in a, like, basically double speak in a way. And, um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's a spy, sort of, I, I guess. Um, yeah, she is a spy. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, she's like an old Chona, uh, old Chona. <laughs> in old China, there was once uh, a bound magicians. They were called the Bewitchers of Night. These magicians, and with their colored lanterns and bangle lights for the eyes, symbol music for the ears, Burning incense for the nose, sweet nectar for the tongue, and balls of jade. I've got some of those. Which spectators were asked to rub gently between their fingers. These bewitchers of the night played on the five senses until they cast their audience in a dream world, turning an ordinary evening into a night of fantasy. These magicians no longer exist. The knights in China are no let's see, yeah, no longer bewitched, but they never existed in London, and here at least in the evening breeze, their ghosts linger. I mean, that yeah. just sounds so haunting and like all like inspiring in a way. It's really, really cool. It's 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 pretty well written too for like a yes. cheesy like a comic book that's on the cheesy side a lot of the time. It it's really well written. Yeah, I, I was like impressed. So, and then um as we go on, and this is what were what things get interesting is she says that she knows. That he's been coming, but we don't know where she's getting her information from. That's one thing they've kind of leave out of this story because he's really wanting to for her to come back because he's here not to shed violence. He's just here to retrieve her and these documents and then go. And then he's interrupted by basically a little punk ass kid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically he is being very racist towards uh Shang Chi because he works for British intelligence and how he knows that you have no clue. He just mm -hmm. starts calling him white one because he works for Britain. Yeah, and Shang Chi is not happy about that. Uh oh <laughs> yeah, he takes high offense to that. And uh and and that's one of these things we're starting to see in uh these books which the last one you were on uh, with the mysteries, he's really starting to lose his cool in these books as, you know, these as he gets caught up in things. Because uh -huh, yeah. when he was trying to figure out the mysteries, he was getting mad. And here he is getting mad because he even admits that he went too hard on him. Yeah. You know, and then um, he leaves, which um, prompts Juliet to take him back to her room so no one can listen in on them. And this is where we see that the. Jay Peacock is more than just a dive bar. It's basically set up with like illegal gambling. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then obviously um, somebody here knows what's going on. You can tell just by the looks on some of these people's faces. And then one of the guy who's there drops his cigar and takes off running. And then uh, he is going to meet uh, Chin Kawai and tell him of what she's been doing. And basically... Uh, Kwai knows that she is a spy, and now he thinks that be even though, he, despite loving her, he has to kill her now. Yeah, they're lovers, and he is like, she's got to die because she betrayed me. Also, he thinks he's pretty, he's like convinced that Chang Chi has come to kill him, so he thinks that she's conspiring with somebody who's coming to kill him. And that's not the case at all. She just wants to stay, she admits her love for him. And she even tells Shang-Chi, what you're looking for is here in the harbor. And then just go get it and leave me. Yeah. Well, and then as Shang-Chi tries to leave. And this is so weird that the guy, the kid that he beats up, 
comes back, and the cat is just standing in the middle of the bar <laughs> that followed him. It's just yeah. standing there, you know. And this is back to what you were getting at earlier, if you would like to repeat all that. What did I say earlier? <laughs> oh, we were talking about the violence and, you know, the many against the one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is where it kind of comes full circle because he's surrounded by six guys and it kind of repeats the same thing from the beginning. It like bookends the story really well. And uh, although then I guess I, I, I guess this is kind of paralleling the cat and Shang-Chi as well, because that's who comes and stops him from getting like he still gets jumped. But, you know, the odds yeah. are even in a way. And then in the dagger is the rock. Yeah, yeah. And then basically, uh, Shin Kawai shows up and uh, he throws his dagger to scatter these uh, young kids that's going to jump Shang-Chi. And then uh, he takes off his robes to reveal the most ridiculous <laughs> tattoo. Uh, the, 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 the thing that, like, let's knock off Iron Fist this gimmick. And yeah. he's got this wild looking <laughs> cat tattooed across his chest. I mean, yeah, it's imagine... very elongated, too. Imagine Shang, I mean, imagine Iron Fist's like dragon tattoo, but as a cat and like just straight across the chest. It looks terrible. <laughs> it, it looks like someone bred like a cat and a wiener dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awful. And well, that's the one thing that really ties him to cats in any way in the whole book. Mm-hmm. Well, besides the way they describe him with his cunning and his stealth. I guess, and, yeah. Yeah, but you never really see any of that in the whole book. Well, so um, Chandar, the guy that Shang-Chi beat up earlier, the kid, uh, they think that they can handle this. And basically they think that uh, Shin Kwai has sided with Shang-Chi. And basically, no, he's like, I'm going to help you beat these guys and then we're going to fight each other. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, uh, Shang-Chi realizes this whole thing is for his own show. Like, uh, Shin Kwai is basically, like, brutalizing guys just to show his, like, display of power. Yeah, he does this one insane... He thinks that he, like, lets these two guys go or something like that. And then and then he does this, like, the cat guy. What's his name? Shin Kwai? Yeah. He does this, like, crazy, like, backflip kick and kicks them both kind of thing. Um so you think he's letting them go because they're behind him and he's just like not following them. And then he does like a weird, crazy backflip kick and knocks them both out. Yeah. So basically what he does is uh, the main guy, Chandler, he takes his knife and he goes to swipe. He flips over it, lands in a one armed push up and then throws himself backwards into this double kick. That takes out two of the guys trying to flee the bar. It's pretty yeah. brutal. And the entire time, the cat's just casually walking around the bar, not scared of anything. As you know, these punk kids are getting their tails handed to him. And then, uh, anyways, uh, before these two go to fight, Juliet shows up and sees Shin, and uh, wondering what he's doing there, he says he's come to repay her for. Betraying him to the British assassin Shang-Chi. So um, basically he's going to murder them. And Shang-Chi is trying to tell them that he's wrong. And that's how the first issue ends. Uh, how do you feel about the setup in this first issue? Uh, I I got to say I probably like this one better than the second one. Um, I Mostly because without getting too ahead... I, I don't think this pays off that well, but the setup is great. I, I like, I was really excited to watch these two fight. Um, cause I knew it was going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to end in like some fight to the death, but I, I, I don't know. They set well, this yeah, the characters up. only got like 50 more issues after this in this run, <laughs> but it, yeah, I thought it'd be like a, at least like, because the last book we did, there were some really cool fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was expecting something like where he was fighting the ninjas, and it kind of doesn't play that way, but we'll get there. The, the one thing how this book ends as they're like all having this like triangular face off, these three characters, is you have the shadow, the silhouette of a giant cat behind them. And I like to think this, this Siamese cat that's following Shang-Chi has got up to the upper ba- balcony in front of a lantern and has cast yeah. his shadow down on him. Okay, yeah. So... 
But uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. I'm going to play a promo from Mr. Mackey's podcast. We get dubbed again. Not back yet. And when we get back, we're going to jump into issue 39 titled Fight Without Pity. Coming to you live from whatever podcast you're currently listening to, it's your boy Jay West with my co-host Mac East from the We Get Dub podcast. What up, nerds? It's me, Mac East, and we got a badass anime podcast for you. We got hot sauce, we got hot takes, we got booze and banter. And you can listen to us on all major platforms. The We Get Dub podcast hits harder than a Goku gut punch. <laughs> and welcome back to Deadly Podcast Kung Fu, brought to you by the villains, man, myself, JVD, and Mac East, as we're continuing on. With a two-part story, a master of kung fu titled "Claws of the Cat," and now "Fight Without Pity." As we jump into issue thirty-nine, I love the cover to this issue. Uh, Where yeah. they're fighting on the little bo- yeah. boat, man, it's pretty awesome. It, it, you, man, that, it, that stupid cat tattoo, though. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, nah, it's and, a good one. Though. It's a good cover. And, and of all the things, like there, you figured they would put two cats watching them fight but no it's two rats no but the rats are really cool looking i actually really like that so i I see what you mean yeah oh yeah gil kane's art and all these covers is is top notch it's pretty awesome so let's go ahead and get to the book as we open up obviously you know with the refresher page and uh lemiko i do not understand why she is in a bathing suit like a bikini or her bra and panties in this book yeah like (laughs) And then the guy with the gun, like, yeah. like we, we, we come across people that that guy fits, but none of these guys are ever named. Yeah, I actually want to get to a guy that looks, the guy that actually looks like him, because he's coming up. We'll get yeah, him. he's coming up. And even the cat manages to get on the front page below Shang-Chi's feet. Oh, uh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah so... So uh, as we uh, start the book, obviously they do not want to fight. Shang-Chi keeps repeating to them that he doesn't want to fight. And basically, Shin Kwai is not giving him any options. And then this is when all the people we see in the gambling den starts and comes and breaks up the fight. And they are all got guns. I'm pretty sure this is where you're getting your guy from, correct? Yeah, and he's just, his dialogue is so crappy. Like, it. Everything he said, like he like fully pronounced, like it just it's the most inorganic dialogue there is, and I, I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. Like it's just so, it feels like why couldn't we just get this fight now? You know what I mean? Like they had to prolong it for some reason, and then they rush it at, at later on. But whatever. Well, they 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 wanted to fit it in two issues, is what it was. And they were like, well, we've got to spread this fight out. And basically, these guys are gangsters. And 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 see, and I was in. Is huh? the kid the kids work for them? So the kids are like yes. a gang that sort of are underneath the gangsters. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, and they're very aware of who uh, Shane Kwai is being a, a, you know, espionage, counter espionage for the red China, as they're called back in the day, which they really throw a lot of that in this book. And basically, uh, these two try to talk them into leaving, but obviously, naive Shang-Chi isn't having any of it. And basically grabs Juliet and leaps out the window with her, which gets him shot at. And the cat follows. (laughs) I I never noticed that. I've read this book three times, and never that panel did I realize that the cat was jumping out the window behind them. Yeah, this cat is ride or die, everybody. It's uh... (laughs) a... Yeah, so, and and after this, this is what I don't understand, is these gangsters, they don't even pursue Shang-Chi because they see that this is some type of honor thing for uh, Kwai. Like, he's got to go fight this guy one-on-one. You know, it, it, it's, it's either these guys are fine that they've left, or they're just that scared of him. Yeah, I guess. I, I was, it is kind of strange, because what, whatever. They messed up the fight to begin with, but. I guess they realized afterwards. Well, and, and here and here's one thing that I'm thinking about. You know, Shang-Chi has made this name for him working for MI6. They might be aware of just how badass he is. That's and knowing true. how badass Shen Kwai is, they're like, they're going to tear this place apart. 
That's you true. Know, yeah. And you know, then they don't have anywhere to gamble. The cops get involved. So I could see why they would do that. And if Shawai Quinn, um, obviously his lover, that's her place she likes to sing. She sings there every night. You know, if, if yeah. they, when you think about it, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he would leave. Yeah, I I <laughs> quick tangent. I've I've hung out at some dive bars and the, the rule was even if somebody's dying, you drag them out a block away or something to call the ambulance. Like they do not want any attention from any sort of cops or anything. So yeah, it's Mm -mm. just kind of, I guess I get that. It's like, get the hell out of here and have your fight somewhere else. I completely agree with you. Been in there a couple of times myself, (laughs) but, uh, Shang-Chi and Juliet flee and he's really trying to take her back to the air terminal. And she is not having any of it. And she even tells him how similar him and Kawhi, uh, Shin Kawhi are. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, this scene on the beach is cool too because they have like the, like the red sun in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got kind of got like her silhouette in the water and stuff as she's standing there against like the pole. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the visuals here are really good. So, and again, uh, I don't, I don't think the art necessarily like their faces and stuff aren't necessarily the best, but the artist, um, he does a really good job of just placing characters in cool positions and like kind of getting good angles for these you know yeah and basically she's explaining his, his her love for uh shin Kawhi to shang chi and uh and um she he tells him you know like if if you love him that much he's not going to kill him he does not want to fight him and uh she's pretty set on the fact that you know he's got a temper but in time he'll calm down and uh <laughs> yeah. he'll understand everything and uh then we uh then we go to London where we see uh Lego practicing her Tai Chi in a jumpsuit, not the bikini we see at the beginning of the book. That's what makes no sense about that. Well, you gotta sell the book, JVD. But but also when a kid picks up the book and opens it, he sees a chick in a bikini. And then a scantily clad dressed one as well. So yeah, I, I guess you're right. But, I mean, this leotard is is pretty solid in itself. I that could have sold a few books. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, we, her and Clive Rustin, her former, former lover, this is the third lover she's had in this series since she showed up a couple issues ago. And um, they're basically arguing back and forth about Shang-Chi. And we know that he still loves her. We've learned that during the Modulo story uh, where, we, where we first met her at. And um, he's talking about how he can't help but feel the way she does. And she's like, you know, look. I, you know, I, I don't want you anymore. I have Shang-Chi. And he kind of insults her about, like, maybe no man's meant for you. And she, like, slaps piss out of him. Yeah, she yeah, she's She's not having any of it. And then, um, as they kind of reconcile, we see their silhouettes basically in an embrace. And you can't tell what they're doing because it's raining outside through the window. You know what they're doing. <laughs> and what do you think they're doing? I know what they're doing. It looks like a good little smoochy smooch is going on. I, don't know. I mean, as much as you talk, I'm <laughs> sure there's probably some One Piece thing playing in the background. <laughs> so uh, we move back to the dock at Hong Kong, and uh, basically Juliet has pointed out the boat out in the harbor where the documents Smith has had stolen from are. And Shang-Chi basically infiltrates the boat, and he takes out these guys pretty fast. And you get a nice little decent bit of action here. Yeah, this action I like better than the fight that's coming up, actually. Like, he's kicking dudes just across the room. Like, it's it's fun watching him beat up guys that aren't on his level. Yeah, the minions, uh, you you always got to have a good <laughs> minion fight. Yeah. And then, uh, basically, he finds the documents. And uh, I love this. Before the guy can even pull the gun on him, he just, boom, kicks the table over. Yeah, on I love it. Yeah, that's the coolest shot. And then uh, this is where we find out that... Uh, he has been lied to that uh these papers that he has that he's already sent them off to the government whatnot were never Dennis Smith's they were the chi- they were Chinese papers that Smith wanted stolen. And yeah, this is where Shang Chi realized he's been lied to. That's where I sort of I understand what's happening here, but it just it's also a little over my head because I just don't I don't fully grasp, I guess, the beef here with it i don't know there's a lot of weird chinese and british politics i'm not picking up on i guess 
Well, a lot of this is the fact that um, there, he, there's this rift between them because they're killers and they do things their way in MI6, and he's basically yeah. want to be a pacifist. And he right. and he's coming like he he's tired of being lied to. He's tired of being treated, being mistreated. And you really see that play out in this next issue, yeah. uh, which is not part of this story, and it really comes to a head. But uh, well, basically, by the way, the cat dude calls Shang Chi Britisher. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Which is like a terrible, terrible diss. But yeah, he's basically calling him the equivalent of like when the kid called him white. You know, mm -hmm. like, the white one. Yeah. Yeah. And he is not taking like any of these insults lightly. It also makes him kind of this. I think that kind of adds to the rift, though, because he's starting to think about like like their how he's looked at in his country. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they're seeing him as some sort of traitor, not even necessarily traitor, but like. You know, like he's yeah, I guess like he's betraying them a little bit or something. Yeah, pretty much is what and that plays out here in a second, too. Um, and basically realizing that he's been lied to, he rips up the papers and throws them in the harbor. And the uh the guy on the boat's like, You didn't want to know what was on them? He's like, I don't care. Yeah. And so he it's basically his final straw with Smith. And uh he swims back to the dock to meet Juliet and finds that uh, Shin Kawai is awaiting for him. And this is where you get uh, some more of the insults and the more that they're similar. And I, and I like how they're trying to, uh, they're topping each other here. Um, he slaps her, which, man, yeah. you won't ever see slapping in comics anymore from Marvel. A man nah. slapping a woman. No, you will nah, not see that. Especially like a week, you know, she's, she's, he's like, uh, I wouldn't say superhero, but he's on the level, you know, and she's just a regular. He, he's he what we call like him the backhands the shit out of him. He, he's in the comic book world, what we call peak human. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And uh, and then this is what I think is pretty cool is uh, Shin Kwai tells him, he's like, I've shaped my body and spirit to the man's of the martial arts since I was but four years old. And Shang Chi's like, as have I since the age of three. Yes, <laughs> one up in his ass. Yeah, so I, I thought that was just hilarious. And then, uh, basically, this is where the insults come back from uh, Shin Kawai. And uh, basically, you know, how he's turned them back on them. And, you know, he's been to the polluted Western world. And this has nothing to do with the Western world as in America. It's all to do with, like, Britain and whatnot. And then a lot of this comes from the history of uh, British uh, rule with, like, within China, too. When you yeah, think okay, about it, you know. yes, and everything like that. And then, uh, so he tells basically Shang-Chi they're going to fight. He's going to kill him, and he has no choice but to fight him. And then he swirls this basically, um, it's almost like a glaive. Yeah. And it's so fast, Shang-Chi doesn't even realize that it cuts him, like, twice in the abs. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, he's kind of shocked. Yeah, then he pull he pulls out some nunchucks and uh, there's like five what is it five panels of him just nunchucking. Okay, <laughs> okay, I want to I want to tell you something. Does it look funny on one page? Yes, but it looks cool as hell when you're reading it on the Marvel app. Okay. Because yeah, because you're just getting the panels. Yeah, cause, so it's like when you go, he's like he looks at the cut, and then he's like hand behind the back, and then it goes to one side of the panel where he's twirling the other nunchuck, uh, and then when you swap it goes to the other hand, then it goes down to the other one, and it shows him speed. Basically, you're getting to watch him speed up. Yeah. And then yeah. he stops no, it, all of a sudden. It, it looks really cool on Marvel and Liberty when you're I'm, going panel by panel. I'm not shitting on it too much. It's just, it's... <laughs> for a book that, like, I don't know, it just it spends a lot of time on these... And I like, I like, I think because... It does add some drama to the nunchucks, um, and like the it's sort of adding tension to this fight that's building. They're kind of like failing each other out. Now, did you catch what was wrong with this? With the nunchucks? With all with the weapons, they are switched on the covers. Yeah, no, I did, I did catch that. Yeah, I actually was going to bring it up when we were talking about the cover, but then I just I kept getting jumping the gun, so I decided not to. <laughs> And uh, then they have a fight here that's up and down the uh, docks. 
And uh, obviously you had issues with this fight. What was your big issues with this? It just didn't have that kind of heavy hitting intensity, I guess. Um, it, it's There's a few cool panels, but nobody's really like getting blasted like I like to see. You know, it's there's like this one shot like further down where they're just kind of on the beach and like the moon is in the background. And there's just no impact to any of the blows, really. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of block, block, like... Well, that's a test of skill, too. I know, but it's just... Just how equal they are. I think... uh, So, this is just a quick thing, but, like, one of my favorite fights is... I don't know what issue it is, but when Spider-Man, like, first fights Scorpion, Mm -hmm. it's just a brawl. Like, they beat the crap out of each other, and it's just, like... Like, that, to me, is, like... I thought that's what this fight was going to be was just like a brawl, but it's a lot more like finesse and a lot more like flipping around and blocking. And and I guess I get it, but I've seen Shang-Chi beat the crap out of people before and it's a lot of fun. So that's, I was kind of hoping they would just beat the crap out of each other. Well, up to this point, uh, he's really only fought one person that's as skilled as him. And he didn't want to fight that guy either, but it was a kid that was basically being a bully to all these people in town. And this is the most skilled person he's actually fought. So I, since I've been reading these since the beginning, I, I understand why, why there's so much countering and like okay. these guys are barely landing blows on each other because they're meant to be equals. So let me ask you, though, I guess my question then is, does this guy, uh, I, I, I can't pronounce his name. Shin Kawai. Shin Kawai. Yes. Does the cat matter? If going forward, like you know, oh, what yeah, I mean, yeah. like he's around. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, he he he's he he is he he he's still around the day in Marvel, I do believe. Because sometimes in these books, it seems like they set guys up and then they're just kind of. No, he is a mainstay. He okay. he's around for a while. Okay, all right. Then I then yeah. I guess I'm okay with it because this story seems sort of transitional anyway. It doesn't seem like it's the the big moment. So it's just kind of getting Shang Chi to the headspace. He needs to be in. So I get I I, I get it. I, I would have liked a little bit more of a brawl, but I see what you're saying. And it's a little more set up than it is payoff here. You know, they're really trying to capture the martial arts feel on with this fight, especially at the end with the beach and like you said, the moon. The beach whatnot. looks beautiful. The, yeah, the, it does. It looks really good. But for some reason great. but for some reason I could not get the ending of Roadhouse out of my head. Like I've at the edge that. of at the edge of the lake with um I just went blank on the guy's name. The heartthrob of the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Uh Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Patrick yeah. Swayze. So that's what it kind of reminds me of. But anyways, uh, their fight is so evenly matched. What stops them is Juliet threatening to kill herself. This is where the name is super on the nose. <laughs> She's like in love with this guy, gonna kill herself. Mm-hmm. And and they're between two factions that hate each other. It's yeah. very Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> And did you notice the cat is sit- sitting in the bundle yep. of rope watching? And he looks he looks like the Sailor Moon cat. Uh, he's just like this black silhouette. He looks awesome. Like, I, I feel like he's basically Darth Sidious. He's up there like, do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just like, you know, like talking her into it. Um, And basically, she's she's threatening to kill herself if they won't stop fighting. And this is what uh, breaks up the fight. And Shang-Chi realizes that Shin Kwai, as angered as he is, as, as you know, he's went through all this threat of, like, I'm going to kill you. They fought. He's already slapped her. But he actually hesitates. And uh, she stabs herself. Yo, that panel is the best panel in all of it. Like, I, it looks so cool. I actually oh, where she's stabbing herself yeah. in front of the moon. Yeah, yeah it the is sky beautiful. is red. There's a big moon. And then she just... It's like the silhouette of her stabbing herself. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and what makes it great is it's literally three colors, and they all, like, blend together real well. It reminds me of, like, an old horror poster or, like, oh yeah, house poster. Like, it has that kind of look to it. I love it. And uh, basically, she doesn't stab herself in the heart. She stabs herself basically in the shoulder just to get the fight over. And basically, we see <laughs> that he really kills for her. <laughs> She just wanted the attention. Pretty you much. Nah, it, I was kind of annoyed that she didn't kill herself because. <laughs> was that, she really? 
that well that panel was so dramatic and awesome and then they're like oh she just stabbed herself in the shoulder i was like oh man well when you're a spy you've got to outfox the other spies <laughs> that's not a bad point i all right fair enough so and basically um she doesn't injure herself but it's to throw the fight off and uh we see that shin choir actually really does love her and uh, he gives Shang-Chi the option. He throws his dagger. He's like, here you go. I'm leaving with my woman. Here's your chance to finish me. And uh, he does it. And basically, we see Juliet looking back at Shang-Chi, who looks like he's about to pick up something. And he's petting the cat. Yeah. I... <laughs> Do you? Okay. Do you know what's going on with this cat? Well... <laughs> It's a cat that follows him. <laughs> it's really completely pointless in this book, unless I'm missing yeah. what, like some deeper meaning here. Part of me feels like there's supposed to be symbolism, and I'm just an idiot, but I can't, I don't see it. Like, it's just... It's... I don't, and, and I'm ahead, obviously, because I'm trying to keep continuity together because this deadly hands of Kung Fu messes up the continuity between... Iron Fist and Shang-Chi before their crossover. And uh, this cat does show up in the next issue. After that, you don't see the cat for a while. But then again, he's not always at his apartment either. I was I was happy so. he took the cat. So yeah, he takes the cat as a pet. Never mind. So, And then uh, as uh, Shin Kawai carries Juliet off into the uh, night, we see the silhouette of the Bewitchers, who have no point in this story besides, <laughs> you know, a really cool story to, you know... To how she feels, you know, and then um, in the next panel, we see Shang-Chi boarding a plane with the cat, which the chick thinks is a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is so funny to me, just based on like how getting on a plane is now. Yeah. Yeah, because he would have never got the cat that close to the plane. No, hell no. <laughs> not, not at all. And uh, she's like, oh, you've got a bomb. And he's like, oh, no, it's a cat. Bill Dennis Smith for it. Yeah. So I'm assuming he 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 has he's he's got to be on some type of um like private plane for him to ha- be billed by him like being able to have that type of power. But it looks like he's basically going on a basic airplane. You know what I mean, like a giant pa- passenger jet. So how he would know to tell her to bill that guy blows my mind. Yeah, I don't know. Unless she's some type of spy herself, but there's no indication. Basically, as the plane flies off, we get a shot from the beach where the dagger is still buried in the sand. So, uh, Mac, you've read the story before this, uh, which was the mysteries and menageries and the crazy webs of the warriors and all this other stuff. And then you've read the story that has a lot to do with a lot of the Shang-Chi stuff, which is espionage and spy play. Which story do you like better? I guess I like this one better just from the standpoint that it's uh, it's not all abstract nonsense uh, because the other story like, OK, the worst part about this story, this one we just read 38 and 39 is that there's this the Bewitchers is so awesome. And that like kind of. I, I just I'll read this last line here real quick, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so this is kind of how they like bring the bewitchers back in the story. It's while um, the cat guy is is carrying away Juliet. Uh, it says, I have found belief and faith in magic, which dwells in belief in magic created by the bewitchers of the night. Who though, whose ghosts linger here in Hong Kong, softly sighing in the cool evening breeze. And that's supposed to be like some wrap up for that story. And it just doesn't make any sense. It's it's beautiful, but it doesn't make any sense in this story. I don't know. But the other story we read is all that. So I'll take this story, which kind of is grounded and seems to be actually advancing the Shang-Chi plot um, and his own uh, character arc over something like I didn't I didn't get the sense that he was changed all that much last uh, two issues. Like they sort of try to tell you that he is at the end but i just didn't see it well like i said i think it was kind of like uh, a metaphor for what he was going through and that the story you were on with the last time has nothing to do with the overall story of what yeah. he's going through um 
Can I ask it, you though, is there so both of these things seem to deal with like belief and this idea of like mystery and wonder. Does that at all matter in the in the grand scheme of this story and this arc for Shang-Chi? Is that like something he needs to learn? Well, to me, it, it's stuff he wants to learn because he's naive to the world around him. You know, he's okay. basically being sheltered by Shang-Chi. To me, where this ties in with who he is is because he wants peace. Inner peace, peace for himself, just peace for the world. And he's caught up in this spy game. And now he meets one of uh, Sir Dennis Nayland Smith's own spies who has got out of the game and found her own peace. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's relating to that like, you know, well, she's doing it and they keep trying to drag her in. She doesn't want to do it. And it's almost the same with um, Shin Kawai. He doesn't want to do it because he, they mentioned, you know, that he was he was once an assassin for China and he's not anymore. So they've got a life that kind of he wants because yeah. he has found a love in his life. Yeah. And then, you know, he's wanting out of this. And here's these two spies who work for factions because, you, like you said, it's kind of the Romeo and Juliet thing. And they have found their peace, and he's that's all he wants to do is leave and find peace. But he keeps finding himself being drugged back in, and she keeps refusing. And here recently, that's what you're getting with him. And uh, spoiler, that's what you're about to get with him because now he's about to start refusing things. And you see that here in the beginning of this book. He's like, no, I will not go kill somebody for you, yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, I don't he... need you to kill somebody. And he keeps trying to tell him, no, this means I'll have to kill somebody. Because everything he's done, there's always death every time he's involved with him. And he doesn't believe him. He doesn't want to kill anybody because of his father. And especially now, when he's like face to face with somebody that's like, yeah, he's basically like, if I go toe to toe with this dude, someone's dying. Like, well, well, he even admits at the end of the book that he was he would have lost. Yeah, which is interesting. Because he, he I don't know if I buy it, but it's interesting. Oh, it, it it is. And I was gonna ask you, did you bother to read the paperwork as it was floating in the water? I didn't actually. Because it has information about Fu Manchu. Get out of here, yeah. It sure does. Yeah. It, well, that's it, really cool. Hold on. Because he's been met he's been missing for a while because he's been caught in a basically a a his C fan oh, faction has been split in half between him and his daughter. And he's been gone for like 10 some odd issues now. But yeah. If you go back and look, it's floating in the water and it does mention Fu Manchu. Yes, I see it now. Yeah. See, it's Fu Manchu. It's cut seen in Hong cut. You would imagine Khan purpose is basically unknown, unknown but seems yeah. the master plan can only blah, 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 blah. Right. Okay. That's cool. I didn't catch that. So, yeah, it's like building up for the return of Fu Manchu is what them paperworks are. So. Okay. That. Yeah. Okay. That's and cool. that's just something people would probably just look over this whole story. It's just broken papers. You know what I mean? So yeah. I thought that was a really cool spot for that. But um, like I said, the next part, if you read the next story, which is called the murder agency, you'll see where a lot of this starts to play in. And yes, the cat does make an appearance. Nice. So, but um, any final thoughts on the book? Uh, are you are, are you reading? What you're enjoying? What you're reading? Uh, is there more you want to know about the character? So I I'm enjoying it. I I love the art. Like I said, I I wish this because sometimes it feels like it's dragging a little bit. I wish this kind of I wish things would be a little more concise in the storytelling sometimes, but. Overall, I I like these old books. I like I like uh, Shang Chi's a pretty interesting character. I, I don't I'm not a big spy fan, so the spy stuff I could kind of you know it is what it is. But I like martial arts stuff, so it's fun watching him beat people up. <laughs> well, you you run an anime podcast <laughs> where everything's about beating people up, so I, I get that. <laughs> so. Uh, like I said, yeah, that, that's my thing. I, I understand why the spy thing's there because the uh, Sax Roman stories that they brought to Marvel and thrown him in, that's what they are. So basically, yeah. you've got a Marvel character in, in that world, so they have to kind of build it up. Yeah, and I, I, look, I know spy stuff's big. I just, I'm not the biggest spy stuff fan, personally. Ah, it's got to be written right for me to, uh, you know, enjoy it. 
So, but uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Uh, I promise you guys, I do have some other guests lined up, Max, not Hog and everything. But this was the original episode he was supposed to be on. Yeah, I was ready for this cat fight um, so, <laughs> for, for like for months, for like over, probably like a month now. I've been ready for this. So, and then and, and here we are. But I do have some people down the pipeline. It's just a matter of getting to them, which I'm getting there. But uh, Matt, go ahead. Tell everybody everything can find you on Twitter and uh, plug both your podcasts. Okay, so I'll, I'll Instagram you can find us at we get dubbed on Twitter you can find us at we get dubbed. We'll be anytime me and Jay during this tournament uh, for the anime theme songs have a tie. We'll let you guys decide which one moves on. So we're gonna run some polls on there. Uh, I think the next. Well, I don't know when you're dropping this episode, but yeah, uh, we, tomorrow we, probably. Oh, as okay, in Thursday. So then, yeah, so then as this episode drops, we have Cowboy Bebop versus Outlaw Star. Pick which one moves on to the second round. Uh, then, yeah, then just, you know, you could give us a follow. Uh, we interact, especially if you want to talk some anime, some manga. We're doing, no, we're doing, I've been talking super all day on, on Twitter, so. For good reason. Uh, yeah, yeah, come join the conversation. It's, it's fun over there. I mean, you get to talk about characters oh, that beat each other up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I should plug those. Yeah, check out We Get Dubbed. Check out Piece by Piece. This fall, we got Bleach by Bleach. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. You know, Jay's going to make a lot of references to, like, Bleach and probably buttholes. <laughs> I, I, so we watched the first eight episodes. We haven't recorded the episode yet. And uh, it's my first time watching it. And uh, I got a lot to say. I, I'm hoping it gets better is all I'll say here. Uh, it does. Now, I've only watched the first four episodes first four seasons and then it, i kind of fell off and then uh not not for saying that it was bad but i got to the season everybody thought was just like terrible and i didn't even think it was bad but i know there's a, a whole filler season or something i don't know but yeah but I, I like the idea of the world like what's going on that's what keeps me watching it so okay well, i'm excited to get into it but anyways, we're going to wrap this up with JVD. You can follow Deadly Podcast Kung Fu over on Twitter at Deadly Kung Fu Pod. You can follow the Villains Man on social media for Twitter or Facebook. Just search the Villains Man and you'll find us. If you like the music, check out Rushing Tiger by Kuro over on SoundCloud. But remember, guys, support your favorite podcast, support your local comic book shops, and keep reading comics, guys. Oh!